For a while now, I've been interested in the way hospitality is intersecting with technology, and after a little searching, I think I found the perfect person to help us with the subject. Salim Khatri is an entrepreneur with a long and winding resume. He's currently the CEO of Lavu Inc., the original iPad POS system, and that puts him in a unique position as he gets to peek behind the curtains of thousands of restaurants all over the world. Stick around, because on this week's episode, Salim shares the history of the company, plus proven methods for growing revenue by up to 20% just at the register, as well as some of his predictions for where the industry is going. I promise you do not want to miss this one. Stick around. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who can see when shown, and those who will never see. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for everyone in the middle. Hey everyone, thanks again for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly marketing podcast dedicated entirely to the restaurant industry. This week, I'm bringing you another interview, but it's a bit of a departure. Usually, we sit down with restaurant owners to hear their stories and to hear what they're doing to market their own restaurants. But on today's episode, I'm thrilled to be joined by Salim Khatri, the CEO of a company called Lavu. Salim, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Chip. I'm super excited to be here and really excited to uh, uh, you know uh, talk about my story. Yeah, good. I'm excited to get into it. Uh, I bet there are a bunch of listeners out there who are, um, who are actually already familiar with Lavu, but for those who aren't, can you give us a bit of context? Tell us about the company and uh, what exactly you guys do. Sure. So we are a restaurant management uh, platform. We deliver all sorts and types of solutions for small and medium-sized restaurants from point of sale, payment processing, online ordering, accounts payable automation, everything your small business owner needs, we deliver in a box in an easy, affordable, super convenient way to implement that system uh, at your restaurant. Uh, the company was founded in 2010 in Albuquerque, New Mexico for a sushi spot that the founders used to go to uh, where the chef was complaining about uh, his old micros uh, big black box point of sale solution. And at that time, the iPad had just been announced and uh, the, the founders thought that this would be a great way to be able to serve a customer that was innovative something that people could use and really get their arms around because the iPad and iOS functionality was so intuitive. Uh, and since then, you know, we've become a simple cash register to a beautiful restaurant software platform where we just make the lives easier for small and medium-sized restaurants so they can just focus on what they love doing, which is hosting serving and taking care of their patrons. Yeah, I, I think this is what I love. Uh, I mean, there's so much uh, that you guys offer, and it's, um, it, it's really what I love about the product that you guys are doing. I mean, you guys were the original um, iPad POS system, and, and since then, you know, other companies have come along, uh, and we'll get into all of this uh, because it's interesting that you guys have kind of pivoted to, to some of this other stuff that you're talking about. Uh, before we dive into all that, though, I first want to go back and share a little bit of your resume um, so that the restaurant strategy audience can get a better sense uh, of what you've done and the skills and experiences you bring to the table. So real quickly, uh, Salim studied undergrad at the Stephen M. Ross School of Business out at Michigan. Uh, he then went on to get his MBA at HBS. He spent time in finance working at Goldman Sachs and Oak Tree Capital 
Capital Management, then did a stint at the U.S. Department of the Treasury. Uh, he was the co-founder and CEO of Instavest, uh, a software-based investment manager backed by uh, actually Y Combinator. And now suddenly you find yourself at LaVou. So tech, finance, hospitality, it's that unique mix that made me so excited to sit down and talk with you. Um, I think there's probably a lot of insight you can provide. So the, the company started out as a POS system uh, and created a lot of disruption, right? I mean, you brought up Micros and Aloha and some of those big box uh, companies. Really what happened and you know, when Lavu came on and, and how has that been reshaping the industry? Yeah, so the, so you know, every every kind of ten to fifteen years, there's an opportunity opportunity to really be, you know, disruptive. Um, as we as we coined the the late Clayton Christensen, uh, who uh, who just passed away, wonderful Harvard Business School professor, um, you know, and and really we had the opportunity to build a product that was ten times better, because that's really the. The, the hurdle you have to cross, which is building a product that's 10 times better. So how do you build something that's 10 times better? It has to be faster, it has to be easier to use, it has to be cheaper, uh, easier to implement, and it just has to be able to, and it has to be able to get, you know, have something that folks are able to get their arms around. And so that's what we did. We, we really built for the customer. Uh, one of the things, you know, as you talked a little bit about my background, it sounds sounds a little scattered, but you know, as I kind of reflect on you know all the things that I've done, the one thing that I've the one common thread is client service, right? You always want to build and you always want to delight the customer, whether that was an investment banking or private equity where you had investors who gave you billions of dollars to manage, or the U.S. Treasury Department where I was you know working on behalf of the taxpayer you know to get the money back from the auto bailout. I'm trying to make the customer happy. And so that's exactly what the founders did when they built this first point of sale system. They built for the customer and they made what the customer wanted. If you build and you make something that the customers want, now even at the restaurant level, that means you know creating a dish that customers just rave about on Yelp and other places, people are going to use your product and things are going to just get much, much easier in terms of sales. And so that's our goal, right? Our goal is to delight the customer and make sure that we're continuing to innovate and delivering on experiences that really just allow our customers to be able to focus on what it is that they really want to do when they started their restaurant. Yeah, so so let's get into some of those things because obviously uh, when you're talking about a POS system, putting a POS software on an iPad, we can all understand the convenience of that, right? And I, I can see how that would be serving the audience, right? It's uh, it's a cheaper solution. Uh, it's easier, you know, more convenient to use, uh, more intuitive uh, because it works, you know, with the iOS functionality. Mm-hmm. Um, so then as the company pivoted then and, and starts offering a lot of other things, um, can you talk a little bit about that progression? How did, you know, how did one thing lead to the next, lead to the next? And, and you know, and what are you guys seeing now? You know, it's not so much a pivot as as is as it is listening to your customer, and you know I, I know I'm spending the first part of the podcast really drilling that home, but you know when you start off with a product that customers start using this, and then you you ask them for feedback by talking to your customer, you get to understand what are the things that they need. So a customer may say to you, "I need a lawnmower," hypothetically, but what they really need is they need their grass cut, right? They need their grass to look pretty. And so you have to be able to decipher what are those things that the customer truly wants, and then you have to build for that. So we started with the POS, and then we heard them complaining about their payment processor, 
how they didn't like to go to the incumbents that are out there and and oh by the way they're they're paying outrageous rates which you know is a is a whole another podcast that we can talk about yeah it sure is <laughs> they're paying out, outrageous rates for payment processing um and then we said okay well we can build a payment processing solution that's much better that's much cheaper and oh by the way allows you to have a tighter integration with your own software. Then after that, we looked at, okay, where is the restaurant industry going as a whole? And we found digital experiences. Everything is being done by your phone. Online ordering is prevalent. Um, and so we built a solution. Uh, we, we built and acquired a solution called Menu Drive. The next thing we're saying is, okay, where else are your other pain points? Man, I hate getting paper receipts or paper invoices in the mail that I have to actually physically write a check for, which takes time out of my day that I can't manage my people and I can't serve customers. And I'm thinking it's 2019 when we acquired this company. Why are people not able to do this on a, in a, in a digital way, the way we pay our normal bills at, at our homes and our residences on a personal basis? So we acquired a company called Sorcery, which allows accounts payable automation. Again, the common theme is staying close to your customer, and iterating and slowly building on products that they want based on their feedback. Yeah, so it really does come down to serving the audience. It's something that I uh, hammer home all the time. I mean, this is a, a marketing podcast uh, geared towards uh, restaurant owners and trying to get them to understand that it's, you know, marketing isn't something um, something otherworldly. It's just a simple thing of, you know, identify a problem and solve that problem. Serve the audience, you know, be the answer to their prayers. Um it makes sense. Everything you're saying here uh, is that Lavu, you know, one thing has led to the next, has led to the next, and you've broadened your offerings um, to do just that to keep um, uh, to keep solving problems uh, for your audience, right? That's exactly right. You know, we want to, you know, we want to continue to to be helpful to them. And the the other thing that we're seeing is that you know we're kind of becoming an all in one, or as I said, a business in a box, uh, so that a restaurant can can start up. When you take a step back and you just move away from restaurants in general, even startups today, whether it's a technology startup or a brick and mortar startup, whatever it is, they're so much easier to, easier to launch. And I'll give you some perspective. Before you had to pay a ton of money for a website, you had to pay a ton of money to host that website. You had to actually in, pay a lot of money for physical servers to run your code on. Now everything is done with one click, right? You can buy a website on, on Google, it can be turned on, you can build it however you want, you can use AWS or Heroku to, to deploy your to deploy your virtual servers and you can scale it based on load. And that's, that's kind of the idea that we're bringing to restaurants, which is we want people to, we want it to be easy for people to run their business so that they can focus on what they love doing. You know, people don't start restaurants because they enjoy writing checks to their food distributors. They start restaurants because they enjoy taking care of people. And that's what I want people to focus on. Yeah, it, it, it has definitely become more complicated just over the last like 20 years to uh, to run a restaurant. Used to be you just had an idea, you could cook good food, you raise the money, you find a space, you open up and you do that. But uh, it's becoming uh, more and more complicated, certainly uh, over the years. So I love that this is that, you know, that one stop shop that, you know, everything in, in one big box. Can you talk a little bit, because uh, one of the other things that really drew me to this conversation, one of the reasons why uh, I thought this would be uh, of particular interest to the listeners here, uh, is that you work with uh, companies of all different sizes. I mean, primarily, I guess, small to mid-sized businesses, you said, right? Um, but you get to peek behind the curtain of so many different uh, restaurants all over the place. Um, 
what's the thing you see most often right now? What's the common thread um, as you get to peek behind the curtain? What are you what are you seeing over and over again? What what are you hearing over and over again? So I think it's a couple things. One is the ability to run the run the restaurant, which is all the things that we talked about. And I think you know I think the next level for companies like ours is how do we attract more users or how do we attract more patrons into the restaurant so the restaurant's able to grow their revenue, right? Right. And so there's really two sides to the equation. One is to being able to control your business, and which comes down to expenses, right? If you think about a, a simple P&L, and the other side is is other side is the revenue side. So I think you know we have the we have the whole expense side down. We're working on operating efficiency. We're trying to make the restaurant run as smoothly as possible. But I think the next frontier and the next layer of differentiation between Labu and some of its competitors is how can we help the restaurant grow? How can we turn an immigrant or how can we turn somebody who started a restaurant with a very small amount of capital and make them successful so that they can live the American dream, right? You know, we, we the people that work at Lavu wear Lavu on their hearts because they really view this as a mission. It's a personal mission that they want to make small business owners successful. And running a small business is very, 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 very hard. It's so hard, and especially in the in the restaurant industry, when the, the most you can really hope for is about a, a you know a ten percent profit margin, which is uh, which is crazy that we're still dealing with that. So then, talk to me about that. Then, so if uh, if it started mm-hmm. off, you know, trying to make the back of a house more efficient, right? Trying to limit the costs and 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 keep that in line. How then uh, do you see being able to uh, to do the other side of it to help generate more revenue and you know, if that's the next frontier, how do you envision that being rolled out or what are you seeing? Yeah, there's a couple of things, right? I think online ordering is a really big piece, which we touched on. Right now, if you have a restaurant and you're using Uber Eats, Grubhub or DoorDash, you're essentially saying, hey, Uber Eats or you know, DoorDash or Grubhub, you can have 20 to 30 percent of my revenue, right? If you were a public company and you said in your risk disclosure that you have significant concentration, that own customer concentration, of that owns 30% of your business, your stock would plummet, right? And so I'm really trying to help restaurants diversify their customer base. So the way we do that is, okay, they get their first order through Uber Eats, then an email is fired from automatically from our menu drive system to that customer with a coupon so that the customer then use the menu, menu drive system. Um, you know, even if they give them 5% off, they're still saving 25% in fees uh, and that allows them to grow their business. And so if you th- that's the way that you have to think about these things is you have to look at trends and then you have to look at better mousetraps to help these customers be successful long term. Yeah, it's funny that you brought that up because um, because I feel like I'm talking to uh, to a bunch of restaurant owners about this. Uh, one of the clients that I work with here in the city is a quick service concept. For all intents and purposes, it's similar to like a Chipotle, mm-hmm. and uh, and they use all of these uh, they use all of these companies, and uh, because it's good, it drives a lot of revenue for them. But they're paying so much, you know, just a a huge chunk of it is just getting lobbed right off the top. Yeah. But they're on that uh, they're on that hamster wheel where they just don't see a way out. So what you're talking about specifically is a tactic for trying to get people off that hamster wheel, right? That's right. Use the Uber Eats to get the first-time diners, and then you shove a little coupon card, you shove a little business card, like, hey, we didn't know if you knew this, but we actually take uh, we actually take orders directly, and here's 5 10% off uh, your first order directly with us. That's what you're talking about, right? That, that's exactly right, right? We want people, we want, we want folks to be able to use the scope 
and uh, in, in the kind of broad exposure that these third-party delivery services provide. Let them do all the hard work, but once we capture them in the ecosystem or once we capture them within the restaurant, we'll allow you to you know, work with that customer on a one-to-one basis so you build loyalty with that customer and, oh, by the way, you get to keep the majority of your revenue. Now that's such an important point, and I want to make sure that the listeners are, are hearing that because that's a specific tactic. That's something you can put into play right away. Um, you know, I see a lot of people struggling with this. I think it's really interesting. And so then Lavu has a solution uh, for that. You know, what was the name of the what was the name of the company? Because you just acquired them. It's part of the umbrella, right? That's right. It's part of the umbrella. It's called Menu Drive. It works not only with Lavu. It works with pretty much any other point of sale that's out there, um, especially even the legacy ones. Right. So that, you know, you don't have to be, you don't only have to be using Levu in order to use it. Yeah, I, I love that. I think it's, I think it's so important. So how else? So that was the, the first one. What, what else do you see then for the future? How do you get on that, that revenue side, um, you know, helping restaurants market their restaurant? So the other thing that we're, we're basically seeing is we're seeing in a, uh, in an environment uh, with uh, rising minimum wages, right? And so certain states have enacted law so that minimum wages are, are significantly higher than what they used to be. Um, and that's and that's definitely good for that's definitely good for folks who are earning minimum wage so that they can have a livable set of compensation that allows them to do certain things. However, at least from the restaurant perspective, that makes things much more expensive. And so, one thing that one could do is they could use a kiosk. And so we have our kiosks, which are deployed at NYU, New York University, to be able to just walk up to them and just click, 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 and they can actually order what it is that they want without talking to a human being and a human being actually serving them. Right. Now, that's powerful because when somebody's ordering on the kiosk, Lavu is capturing the data and then can offer insights to the restaurant on an anonymized basis that allows that customer to then be prompted to order more. So we've seen our average orders on kiosks go from, go increase up to 20 to 25% because we're saying, hey, do you want to order uh, fries with that? Or do you, would you like a Coke and a dessert with that? So that allows us to do these things based on empirical data that uh, a human wouldn't necessarily be able to do, thus increasing the revenue of the restaurant without that much incremental expense. Wait, okay. So I want to make sure I heard that number right. So you're talking about restaurants that have gone from uh, a system where people go up to the counter, order their food, pay for their food, and then take it away. Mm -hmm. And you've replaced that system in certain restaurants with kiosks Mm -hmm. where they... uh, uh, diner would come in, place the order in the kiosk, pay for it there, hit send, and their food would come out a few minutes later. And you're seeing an increase of 20 to 25% in revenue? That's right. 20 to 25% on average order size. That's unreal. Yeah. So on the so on the one side, you're cutting your expenses because that's uh, one, two, three less people that you've got to pay at the cash register because the, the machine, the computer is is taking the place of that. Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side, you're saying it's actually this machine, this kiosk uh, is able to generate more revenue um, just by the way it's designed than, than a person, than a cashier at the register could ever do, right? Is that, am I understanding that right? Yep, that's correct. And the, and the kiosk never gets sick, <laughs> right? Never takes days off. And it's uh, and it's constantly running, dude. Okay, so this is something you've recently rolled out. Is this uh, how long has this been going on? We've been we rolled this out at NYU for uh, about a year ago, and it's working at scale. Uh, we have an iOS version right now, so it runs on the iPad Pro. But soon we have an Android version in development as well, 
It's actually pretty close. So with an Android version, you can get one of those massive 32-inch Android tablets, and you know, it, and it probably looks a little bit, uh, a little bit more appealing uh, for the customer. So that's uh, that's what we have. It's so funny. It's uh, anytime you see any of the big boys doing this, you know, it's it's one of those things that should make you, you know, pause and think, why are they doing it? Because what about five years ago, McDonald's started, uh, you know, did this huge shift and started putting all these computerized kiosks, you know, the big giant screens, so you no longer walk up to the register and place your order. You now go to the kiosks. And I was at a Shake Shack about a month ago here in uh, in the West Village, mm-hmm. and I noticed they too had the kiosks. You walk in, you place your order there, and then it's delivered. That's right. And so if the big guys are doing it uh they're obviously looking at similar data that you guys are finding as well now are there small businesses have you guys expanded beyond nyu if that's the big client who's doing this um, are you seeing other restaurants do that doing this yeah yeah we have uh, we have several of our um other our smb clients using this product and they absolutely love it so and, and it's really helping exactly what i'm saying is and they're actually benefiting from the average order uptick in volume that's unbelievable. So obviously it's not a solution for every kind of restaurant, but a certain kind of restaurant like a, like a QSR or something like that, uh, it would be, be very, very helpful. Obviously, you know, again, minimizing your expenses and, uh, and helping to drive 20 to 25% per order. I can't get over that number. I really can't. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole name of the game. We want to figure out low cost ways to help our customers do better for themselves. And another another tip I guess that would help them on the profitability side is look at your payment processing rate. What happens right now in the point of sale game is, you know, a competitor will offer you point of sale hardware essentially for free. They'll tie you up on a three year contract and they'll offer you a four to five percent processing rate. Wow. That means they're taking four to five to four to five cents of every single dollar, right? Every single dollar that that a customer is giving you on a credit card. Said another way, if you believe that your net margin or net profit margin is 10% at the end of the day, and you're able to move from 5% to 2%, that means now your profit margin is 13%. Yeah. You save three points with a phone call, right? It doesn't take a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, and you can find not only Lavu would be willing to help you with that, but any number of payment processing folks would be able to get you a better deal. Yeah, and this is the thing that um, that I spend so much time talking about. I find that, uh, and I've again, I've worked in restaurants for 20 years, and I know how it goes. It becomes uh, it becomes just a, you know, day after day of putting out fires. Yeah. You come in and someone called out, or the dishwasher broke, or, you know, the gas is out, or they're, you know, one thing after another. And so, so often, you know, it, that old thing, are you working in your business or are you working on your business? And so often, especially small business owners, you know, when you're talking about chef proprietor or, you know, people who are working in the business, you know, six, seven days a week, they're just spending all that time putting out fires and they don't get to to wrap their heads around some of the bigger solutions. So much about what I talk about uh, on the show is marketing your restaurant and getting really clear on the identity of the place and figuring out who your, your, uh, who your audience is, right? Who wants the exact product that you're delivering? Um, and so many people, there's, there's resistance uh, because they just feel like they don't have the time. And the same thing is true here, right? You're talking about trying to uh, to walk back some of these decisions you made early on because it was easy because they're complicated conversations. Um, you know how can you simplify these and uh, and make it more profitable? Um, I, I totally understand that. Yeah, no, that's right. And this is just the evolution of of scaling a business, right? When you just start off a business, you're trying to get revenue, but as you get larger and larger and larger, there's more complex processes. There's more people. You have to start thinking about everything. You have to think about revenue. You have to think about expenses. You have to think about 
how you can improve your business. And it's just, it's natural for any single entity or enter- enterprise to have to go through this. Yeah, for sure. Made more difficult when you also have to, you know, do menu development and, you know, put out next week's schedule and everything. So really, I think what we were talking about is, you know, this this idea, this, you know, topic of customer facing technology, which is something that I'm really fascinated about. Um, I had never really uh, put much thought into the the kiosk idea. So I'm so glad you brought it up uh, because <laughs> because, again, the 20 to 25 percent number uh, is really, really huge. Uh, one of the things that um, that I keep I'm curious about are, you know, iPads on the tables. You know, I think uh, when you pay to have all these waiters in the uh, in the restaurant, um, taking orders, putting in orders, you know, bringing drinks, clearing tables. I just think as minimum wage goes up, this is something that I think uh, people are going to have to do away with. And I think iPads on the tables, people being able to actually just order right then and there and their food's just delivered. Mm -hmm. I think for a certain kind of restaurants, it's not right. It's never going to be right. Um, But for a certain uh, other kind of restaurant, I think it's a very real solution. Um, Are any of the the Lavu uh, customers uh, starting to do that? Or what are you seeing on that front? You know, we we do have table side uh, ordering. um, And so the other thing that we're coming out is an actual handheld device where we can go to the customer and we can take their order. Uh, but we want, you know, our, so there are customers that have what you're saying specifically and an iPad at their disposal to be able to place their order. But we found is interacting with the waiter or waitress is probably the better way because they can actually educate the customer on what it is that they want to order. And then it, again, it offers them an opportunity to upsell other things. I think what you're talking about is a kiosk on the table, essentially. And so that's something that we haven't done. I have seen that at other places, right? I've seen that at, at Chili's and Olive Garden with uh, with some other folks, but we, we have not specifically done that. Yeah, it's, um, okay, you know, it's interesting because I've seen it at Chili's and Olive Garden, like you said, uh, but I've never seen it enacted properly, I feel. Like it sits there and what happens is that the kids find the games on there and they end up commandeering the thing. Yeah. Um, but I think what I see, so, you know, if you got a restaurant, restaurant has 10 sections, so you got 10 waiters, you know, working on the floor, and they all have a four-table station, let's say, right? And they're just bouncing from table one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And they got to talk about the menu, mm-hmm. they got to take the order, and they got to go put the order in, and they greet the other table, and they take that order, you know, th- and that's their day, right? That's that's the, the machine that was set up, you know, 100 years ago, uh, maybe longer, you know, for how to... Um, how to take care of customers coming into the restaurant. And I think technology has disrupted so much, uh, so many other places in our lives that I'm I'm surprised that it hasn't uh, disrupted uh, restaurants, especially when labor is the thing that kills so many restaurants. And again, I don't want to put people out of work. Sure. I think, um, I think there are always going to be jobs for people, but you know, this is that thing, that technology conversation, and, and certainly you can speak to this, right? Like the thing that computers can't do is problem solve and emote and, um, you know, and engage. And so let's hire people to do those things that computers can't do. But then in the other side, mm-hmm. let's figure out what the computers can do. And so I envision a situation where, you know, a restaurant, instead of having 10 stations, right, instead of 10 waiters, you know, that you've got five waiters, but because the, um, but because the iPad is there as a tool, you know, the, uh, you know, Joe, the waiter can be at 10 tables or eight tables instead of the four and can talk about the menu and can upsell and all of that and then point them towards the iPad to put in the order. And I don't know if it'll work, but it's something that I'm dying to see if it, if it can work. Yeah, no, no, I think that's right. It comes back to efficiency. It comes back to uh, process. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's something that 
can work if it's designed correctly and it delivers a comparable, I would even, I wouldn't even say a comparable experience to the customer. I think you really need to give them a better experience. That's exactly right. A more elevated experience. Exactly. I think about this, I, I joke around because I spent, you know, years waiting tables. I spent years on the floor in restaurants and, and I would always joke around. I'm like, I hate waiters because I don't like not knowing what I'm going to get. Am I going to get the super chatty person? Am I going to get the cold, aloof, distant waiter? Am I going to get the, you know, or am I going to get the super friendly, you know, uh, really, you know, engaged waiter? And so <laughs> I'm always, I'm always afraid of waiters for, for that reason. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting conversation again, you know, how technology can intersect with hospitality to allow us to do a better job, to take care of more people, to drive more revenue so that we can stay around longer, so that we can take care of more people. You know, I think there's a, a cycle that can um uh, that can be started that way. Yep, no, definitely. Talk to me a little bit about um again because you spent uh, you've spent all this time now in technology and finance and so um, how is the landscape changing in hospitality? You know, what are you seeing? Again, because you get to walk into all these different restaurants, you get to see behind the scenes at a lot of these. Um, how has it been changing and, and what are you seeing, you know, trend-wise moving forward? It's a couple things. Uh, software and payments um, are becoming more tightly integrated. Uh, you know, we talked about that as we rolled out our own payment processing uh, for our clients. Uh, they don't want, our clients don't want to be able to, you know, work with com- two different vendors. They want to be able to do refunds and they want to be able to do things on the fly because they need to be more efficient. If you're more efficient, you can turn tables faster, which means you can drive more revenue. So the overall theme is efficiency and technology is allowing restaurants to be able to do that. And then just and the second theme is I guess not the second theme, but building around that is you're also seeing integrations into other applications. So, for example, because the point of sale is a mobile device on either iOS or Android, with the exception of Micros and Aloha, now you have applications that you can plug into your mobile point of sale, like OpenTable and QuickBooks and, and things like you and I carry around on our phones, right? So we have app stores for point of sale which allow your business to run again more smoothly. So I can build an inventory application that's part of my point of sale, which is good, but a company that has 100 engineers that's raised 25 million in, 25 million in funding that unilaterally focuses on inventory for restaurants is gonna build a better product, right? Because that's the only thing that they're doing. Right. And so we're not gonna be able to build everything but we want our customers to be able to access the best. And so that's why we have applications. And really, again, this all comes down to efficiency, which turn, which helps you turn tables, which helps you with your revenue, and it also helps you with your expenses. So that's what we're seeing. We're just kind of seeing the software proliferation and integration that's really driving into hospitality and, and improving it from a variety of different factors. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things you just brought up was open table and reservation software. I guess this is something that I'm also curious about. Um, you know, how do these things integrate or or how will they in the future be able to integrate, for example, your POS software with uh, with your reservation software? Because, uh, for example, you got a busy Saturday night and the reservation, you know, cancels and you have to go to the wait list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually you just go to the next person on the wait list, um, which is nice and very democratic and, and very, you know, fair. But, you know, when the restaurant is in the business of making money, um, 
there's also a benefit to being able to handpick the person that gets that 730 table that just opened up. And so if you can look down your wait list and see that these people have visited us in the past mm-hmm. and that they've spent X number of dollars per person because there's that integration with the POS software, maybe that's maybe that's a little bit further off. But can you speak to that a little bit? Is that a reality? That's not something that we've seen so far, but what you're saying makes sense, right? It uh, allows the restaurant to be able to focus on the folks that are actually moving the needle for them. And so the other way that we're looking at at, at that is we, uh, you know, as part of our inventory integration, we have this accounts payable solution. And ultimately, that's going to be integrated directly into your, our inventory. What that's going to allow our customers to be able to do is look at the POS and say, and we can do this at a, at a manager access level, you need X amount of dollars today in order to break even because your labor costs and your food costs are are X. So therefore, you need to drive revenue or you need customers of Y in order to at least break even. Yep. And so allowing restaurants to understand where they stand at any given time is going to be so powerful because then they can then say, okay, half price orders, half price appetizers, instead of four to five, they can do it from five to eight because they know that they're at least covering their costs and they can still drive incremental revenue. But we need to be able to give them those insights. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's funny because I've worked for small places and then I've worked for, you know, uh, really big, you know, restaurant groups. And the thing that the groups always do well is they've got all their numbers. They always know exactly, you know, what they, you know, month to date, year to date, you know, they've got forecasts and they've done their budgets for, you know, quarterly and monthly. And this is something that a lot of small restaurants uh, just don't, again, don't have the time to do. Uh, That again, when I've worked in big restaurant groups, Groups, uh, they can tell they can say exactly like what you've uh, what you've just laid out like I know we've got to do you know 60 covers tonight you know to to you know to hit our to hit our goal um, right. but it's something that the smaller restaurants don't necessarily do and you say you're saying that this is part of the integration you know one of the things that that you guys are doing that you guys are seeing yep that, that, that's absolutely right so again it's all about efficiency you know making something that the customers want and then delivering on insights that allow a restaurant to be able to get to the next level. It's hard for me to walk in and, and, and have a brand new restaurant or a brand new restaurant operator to be able to execute on all three things, but you have to bring them along on the journey. It's almost like a it's almost like a three-step process. Once they get the basics down, then we can do something more advanced and then we help them, you know, further along. So to the point where we'll, we'll you know, we even have folks here who can help them with business plans. Uh, and to help them think about the perils of their business and how to develop and what to focus on in order to to make things happen. I think that's so cool. So uh, so you guys are, are a pretty big company. I mean, you guys work with, you know, all different levels of, um, you know, company, you know, small, you know, single standalone restaurants to then big, big, you know, universities, obviously, NYU and, and other big companies, too. Right. I mean, this isn't just a this isn't just some small company. You guys are you guys are all over the place. Yeah, so we have you know thousands and thousands of customers in 98 countries. You know, revenue has grown 50% year over year. Uh, you know, I, I like to still think that we're a startup and we're small, uh, but uh, uh, you know, we're not in some skyscraper uh, that you know the folks like to think. We have a very scrappy group of people that work really, really hard. The majority of our team is engineers, right? Because at its core, we're a software company, and we're trying to build uh, we're trying to build software that delights our customers. But, uh, you know, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, I, th- I think it's really great. I, listen, I, I really appreciate your time, and I don't want to take up too much more of your time because because uh, I know you're busy, you've got things to do. Where, um, what are the next, you know, what does the next 12 to 18 months look like for the company? How are, 
Um, what, what's coming up? What are you guys working on now? Can you say? Yeah, absolutely. So we are, we are focused on you know solution based selling. Uh, what that basically means is we want to offer our customers a suite of software and tools that will make their business and restaurant much easier to run. So you obviously have the core the core version of Levu, which is the point of sale. That includes everything from your reporting, your inventory, order taking, back of the back of the house, all the stuff that you would need in order to run your restaurant successfully. From there, payment processing, from there online ordering, gift, loyalty, and then and then and then finally paying your paying your vendors. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to offer a 360 solution that makes it really easy and seamless uh, for our customers in order to run their business. So that's number one. Number two, um, you know, Lavu has been fortunate enough to partner with Apple, and so that we've been able to grow internationally because it's so easy to just download the app on an iPad and, and get going. You know, there was a time where you didn't even have to talk to a sales rep in order to get going. So that's why we've been able to get in 98 countries. And I'm strategically looking at certain countries in order to grow our presence. With all the learnings that we've had over the last seven years, we can use those learnings and, and deploy those same things in countries that are very, very large markets that uh, are kind of five to seven years behind the growth curve compared to the United States. So it's kind of like reliving your life with all the learnings that you've had and, and you know you're not going to make the same mistakes because you you know you've already been through it once so those are those are really those are really the two big things is just continuing to offer and refine our product make it seamless for our customer and then looking to launch in new markets yeah great listen i appreciate you taking the time i think this conversation you know this again this intersection of, uh, of hospitality and technology, I think is uh, really important. And obviously your finance background, uh, I think would, uh, I think is coming in handy. And I think uh, the insights you provided today, I think are going to be really, um, really well received by the audience. Uh, I really appreciate it. Tell me real quick, what's, uh, what's the best meal you've had in the last month? Do you have time to go out? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my, my wife and I went to a place in Miami called Zuma, which is one of the most popular kind of hippest spots uh, in 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 Miami in the Brickell area, and it was just it was amazing sushi and you know super fresh sashimi and it was just an amazing amazing experience. Um, and I guess a lot of actors and actresses go there. And the week before was or two weeks before was a Super Bowl, so our waiter was telling us Will Smith was there and all these cool people. So uh, yeah, it was just an amazing place. Were you cool enough to fit in, or were you way out of your league? Oh, I'm, all, I'm always way out of my league, man. I'm always way out of my league. <laughs> but the one thing that's interesting is wherever I go, I always ask the waiter or waitress, hey, what point of sale are you, what point of sale are you using? Whether it's Lavu, competitor, or something else, I always just want to know what they're thinking. Uh, and just and just I never tell them who I am. I'm just interested in hearing feedback so that I can learn. And sometimes it's a competitor and they're just like, oh my God, this thing freezes up on me and I don't know what to do. And that's when I you know give them my business card and I tell them to call me and I tell them I'm more than happy to help. But I'm just really interested in hearing what people's struggles are so that, we can deliver a better experience for everybody. Yeah, for sure. I think that's what, a, I think, obviously, I think that's what a lot of successful leaders do. I think that's certainly what a lot of restaurant people do. They walk in, they, they you can't help but look around. You know, you can't enjoy the, you can't enjoy the meal the way that other people can just because you can't switch it off. You're looking at, you know, how are they doing this? How are they doing that? How are the sections lined up? What kind of software? How's the food being expedited? 
all of that. Uh, you know, it certainly it certainly doesn't change. Uh, before I let you go, tell uh, tell the listeners where they can learn more about the company and and, and what you're doing. Sure, um, the, you can go to the website lavu.com, lavu.com. Uh, you can also um, email my assistant, Michaela, M A K E L L A dot M A T I E R at lavu.com. If you have any questions, feedback, I'm you know happy to happy to see if I can uh, and offer them. Um, and uh, you know, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. We have a ton of content on lavu.com about running your own running your own restaurant, the ultimate restaurant guide, pricing your menu right, opening up your second location. You know, a bunch of tools to help you be successful. And I, I really, really sincerely hope all of you are. Awesome. Uh, listen, I, I think the insights you shared are great. I, I love the perspective you bring to the table. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit with me today. Uh, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, man. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's interview. Um, I'm sure there were things that resonated with a lot of you out there. Uh, my biggest takeaway was what Salim was saying about the kiosks they rolled out at NYU and how they've seen sales increase by 20 to 25%. Remember, the data doesn't lie. So if you run a quick service restaurant, why not consider doing something like this, right? It allows you to run with less staff, which saves you money, Plus, it'll help drive more revenue at the point of sale, which makes you more money. It just makes good sense. So think about all of the things we talked about and, and think about what you can put into practice uh, in your everyday to help make a difference. Remember, the biggest buzzword over the past decade has been disruption. You remember, we talked about it right here on this episode. And so I urge you to look at what you're doing and look at what some of your competitors are doing and think, can you put systems or programs into play that will disrupt the market? How can you be a leader in the industry, not just someone struggling to keep up with the changing trends? Now, before I let you go this week, I want to remind you once again about the two workshops we have coming up this summer. Killer Content is all about capturing great food photography, and Email Strategy for Restaurants is a step-by-step -step guide to help you get started with eBlasts. Both of these courses will be priced at $197, but from now until the end of March, you can get either one for 50% off. It's an exclusive offer just for the listeners of this podcast. You can get either one for less than $100. Remember then, starting in April, they'll go up to full price until those classes are full. I've included a link in the show notes, or you can simply visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com to learn more. Just click the blue button in the top right corner to see details about either of the courses. Thank you again for tuning in. I will see all of you again next week.